You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to another episode of 2020. I'm Benny Goodman with my friends in this clearly fucking crazy, crazy world. Corey Peza and Siobhan Cronin, how are you guys doing? Pretty doing good. Great. How are you doing? Fucking alive! <laughs> I am so excited that we have our good friend Jason Costa. And you know, like a lot of people say like our good friend and it's like hyperbole. <laughs> but like I literally mean our good friend. And like in Jason Costa's book, who's the drummer from All That Remains. And you know drummers don't write books, so that's a lie. <laughs> Jason's definitely, I think, one of the funnier uh, episodes that we've had. We got him on for two episodes. This is the first of I think two. I laughed the most in this episode. Just like everything that came out of his mouth just cracked me up. So you definitely have to tune into this one. So so here's something you'll learn about the episode. Like Jason loves to give like, you know, sideways compliments. Like he'll say like you're really good at something that's not even the thing you're trying to be good at. Um, here's the thing. I think Jason's a way better comedian than he is a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> way funnier. I actually laugh way more watching him than I care about his drums at all. So we're gonna we're gonna hear about you know his start in music. Uh, he played with a little band called Diecast, which you know some of those more dedicated hardcore fans might have heard of. And also, he's going to talk about how he joined All That Remains. And he's great because he was so candid throughout the whole episode. I just like almost whenever I talk to people, I expect that's them to how kind he of is always. Up. But he was just yeah. like right there with the answer that first came to mind. And I think that's amazing when you do an interview. Well, because he has no fucks, no fucks to give. Yeah. Jason definitely gives no fucks. But he also this is one of the first uh, actually the only episode so far where the guest was in studio, at least with Ben. We recorded this back in June, uh, and this was one of the first times that Jason had uh, ventured out of his house since uh, being in lockdown. I hadn't seen any human being other than like my girlfriend and her daughter at all. Like literally, had it even gone to the grocery store, and like Jason and I saw each other at the door, and like we obviously were like distant, but I was just, our eyes <laughs> through the masks. <laughs> yeah, so it was good to kind of hang out. Jason's a drinker, uh, so I, I know at Fit least right in with us. I, I was, I was, I was going at it pretty hard for these these this episode and the next one so uh, i'm gonna apologize in advance for that well i got so stoned that like i also didn't realize i turned up the volume on my microphone so high and i didn't have what what everybody in the music industry knows is a limiter which makes sure that like if i scream too loud that it doesn't actually blow out the which mic which you do on so, a regular basis so yeah, I was I, say, it's, it's a good thing you never scream into the microphone yeah so, so i told well but but it doesn't sound sonically horrible in the sense that like it's not Good quality. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm noxious, but like in a good fidelity way. This is literally like I actually blow out the, the, the preamp. <laughs> oh no my one God. Cares. But so back to Jason, though, he for anyone that was isn't all that remains fan, he had a lot of great stories about Ollie. So I definitely tune into that. Like some things that just cracked all of us. Dude, up. He, has, he has the best story about Ollie, which is the time that Ollie gave him a birthday gift. And we're not going to spoil it. But but I encourage you, you to tune into the YouTube cast of this yes, because you'll get you, to see some special you footage. You have there. to watch it. 2020-d.com. Go watch it on YouTube as well. If like you're at work right now and you're just listening to this, this horse shit, you have to see Ollie's gift. It, it will make your day, no matter how bad your day is, it will make it a little <laughs> bit better. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Jason played on Lost Symphony's track, Leave Well Enough Alone, and we're going to play that in its entirety at the end of the episode. So make sure you uh, stay tuned for that. But first, here's our talk with Jason Costa of All the Remains. Part one. Hey, 
ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2020. We just got 2020 by Jason Costa. We're just going to go right into the craziness. If you haven't heard All That Remains, if you haven't heard Diecast from back in the day, I found this in my fucking attic. It wasn't even like I was trying to suck up. You got to um, show the back of that shirt. I'm sorry. The front of the shirt's lame compared to the back. You're so mad at me. Okay, Ben, you, you have can't to see like, it. go straight. Can't we can't see it. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god you were such so, a bunch of assholes uh, oh never fly oh, that shirt would never you, fly got, now before we even introduce yeah. we got yeah, talk about that would have in uh, i gotta show you guys the other shirt i wore accidentally the other day not even realizing how inappropriately asshole it was hold on oh no <laughs> anyways oh so this is 2020 thank you guys for coming we do have jason costa drummer of all the remains Great dude. I wore this. Ter- terrible I, I influence. I was out shopping and some dude was like, you have some serious balls. And I had no idea. It says Black Sabbath matters. And yeah, this super, ba- like, super five, poor taste. Five, super five poor years taste. ago, five years ago, nobody thought that that was like a bad thing. But like I wore okay, it just because yeah. it's in like the queue of shirts because I like Black Sabbath. And then I'm like, oh, this does not mean what I want it to anymore. <laughs> so that one's going in the trash. But the diecast oh, one is real. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2020. Um, I'm here with Corey Paza, sometimes known as Paza. By the way, I wanted to let you know, Corey Paza, while we're on um, pronunciations, I was with Paul, our drummer, who is often referred to as Lorenzo, as Lorenzo. It's actually actually Lorenzo. Wait, I thought it was Lorenzo. You had this whole spiel about how it was Lorenzo. It's Lorenzo. It is Lorenzo. So I was right the whole time. Did you just find that out, Ben? Because you've always said Lorenzo. He's been telling us it's not Lorenzo. Lorenzo sounds it's cool Lorenzo. anyway. No, I, I swear to God. I, so did I start this again? Because he's explained it to me years ago. Maybe I'm just a stoner and I perpetuate when it. I, when I, when I asked it. you, when I asked you what his name was, you oh, it's, it's Lorenzo. That was like yeah, five, or, that was like maybe five or six years ago. Wrong for so long. I don't know. Yeah. So, so adamant on, about do, being right. Let's do this. Well, let's do this the right way. So first off, not in her normal uh, layer with her three-point light kit, but looking still. <laughs> Angelic as always. We have the uber talented Siobhan Cronin who just surpassed two billion. Uh, uh, is in Forbes magazine with Star Set. She's just a star. She has not so many better things. Not mostly my work. You can thank Dustin when you have. She it has so many better things to do than be with us. Then we have Corey Paza, um, who, by the way, he's gaining. He's gaining steam. Dave Abrazis thinks that he should mix mix his record. Um, so you're more nice. than just a bass player. And then of course the illustrious. Jason Costa, the drummer um, upon all drummers, the greatest traditional metal drummer of all time, in oh, my opinion. I don't know about it's, all that. Uh, that's <laughs> how I feel you, about yeah. it. So let's just go right down to Corey because I've talked enough. Corey, how are no, you? Man, I, I'm doing great. I, uh, if you notice, I'm, I'm looking a little different today. It's because uh, Xfinity is basically murdered my internet but you look um, just as good as always so i don't know what like i would not have known except for the microphone Come on, don't feed the there. animals yeah no, it's, it's just funny I, I've, I have this like crazy studio set up and i just have a cell phone sitting in front of me yeah but you have, but, you have um, such you know, the lighting is so nice over there it's, it's you know, great you it's all warm clear. I, I did keep the lighting so the lighting's good uh <laughs> but you know i do the best i can with what i got but uh we're super excited to have you on jason because uh first of all it's been a while we haven't had a chance to hang out and yeah, it's uh, definitely been a with, while for with, everything. Right, exactly. With everything going on, it's good to just be able to kind of touch base with people we don't get to see. 
sure I would have seen you at, you know, three or four shows at this point. Well, people don't but, realize that Jason, unlike a lot of the other people that we've like duped into being this band, it was actually our friend before the band, <laughs> um, where Siobhan got like Long time, clubbed yeah. like a seal by Ollie, thankfully. Um, we <laughs> I remember that get whole story. Like a seal. We, Ollie we, was very nice when we, he knew, We knew Jason from Dobby. He used to practice around the corner for me in Quincy. Like, I mean, I, I've been playing shows yeah. with him since F he saved me from an FSU gang member from yeah. killing so me. I Ben, I want to get into our stories at some point. Yeah, There's a lot of good stories to tell. So let's let's start off just with a little bit of background, Jason. Uh, why don't you talk about your history, your career, uh, like a quick little, you know, recap of what you've done and, and what you're doing right now. I was in a million local bands like everyone is for a while, did nothing, you know, played out some shows here and there. <laughs> we're, we're still doing okay. that. And then, you know, and then I, I joined uh, a band called Diecast, uh, tried my hand at hardcore for a while and, uh, they were. You guys uh, are one of the fathers of modern hardcore. Like, can we admit that? Can we go on there? There's like the Cro Mags. Yeah, there's like I, Blood I, for Blood, and there's Diecast. See, Benny, I don't like to make statements that big because there's always people no, out there. They're gonna know better. That's my job. They're gonna know better than me. We're not like the, the, you know, fathers of modern hardcore. There's probably 20 other bands I out there. You, that, I bet. Know. I bet you Kirk would tell you otherwise. We did. Yeah, Kirk, of course, would tell us otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'd I tell you Kirk. shit. He'd tell you we shit the sun if you asked him. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, I was in Diecast for I don't know, was it 12, 13 years or whatever, and then wow. I, I quit drumming uh, for really? two, uh -huh. two years. I quit completely. I didn't want to play drums anymore, uh, for a myriad of reasons. And then basically, Phil from All That Remains pulled me out of retirement. Uh, he he called me every month for a year and said, "Hey, man." <laughs> join the band and we want you to play in all that remains and i kept saying no i didn't want to do it he's like we're gonna do we're, we're doing we're doing Ozfest this year you got two months and you know come and play for us no don't want to do it I, so i didn't do Ozfest with them and then one day i just kind of got the bug to play drums and i set my drums up and we had a mutual friend and back then when you actually talked on the phone before there was podcasts <laughs> and you know uh, and and text messaging all the time i had a friend call me on the phone that day and he's like what's new i'm like ah you know set my drums up Literally, it's like he hung the phone up on me and called Phil. And, <laughs> and, and, and you like, had people that and, were trying to reel you back in. Yeah, and then the fucking fall of ideals shows up at my house literally like two days later. It's like overnight, overnight air. And, uh, you know, that and, and uh, the uh, other albums that had been out. Um, well, because one uh, thing you have to and know. I joined, that, I joined all our reigns. No, but that's the thing that people don't realize is that when there's someone who's that good in the scene, People will wait like vampires. No, and they weren't waiting. They they went through a lot of good drummers, and for one reason or another, uh, they they just didn't they didn't work out. They had a lot of good drummers play play for all that remains, and a lot of the reasons why things didn't work out was like logistics or personality wise and stuff like can, that. Can we talk about some of the reasons? And it's fine if you don't want to, but some of the reasons why you felt like you didn't want to drum anymore because I talk about this a lot. Like there are times where I'll wake up and I'm like, violin is too hard. I might just change careers. <laughs> and I feel like this happens to me on like a regular basis. And like, although my mind tells me like, don't do it. Like you can definitely do this. I, sure. I feel like that's something that a lot of artists struggle with because we have, I mean, for me, you know, it's in classical musicians, it's a lot it's of self-doubt. No, but I would be interested <laughs> to hear your perspective on, on why. 
Uh, so that's so many people don't talk about that much. Yeah, no, that's uh, some of it. Some of it, yeah. I mean, I feel sort of like that these days in, in all that remains. Sometimes, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the the drumming in all that remains is not easy. That's not what Corey was telling me earlier when I, <laughs> we were listening to "Fuck Love." He was like, "This is just bullshit." <laughs> oh man, that song is so hard to play. I hate, I, I hate that that you, part got. Can written. I just can I just tell you that like the thing I loved about that song was that anyone that ever said anything bad about your band like being pussy, I just that song literally is just like an ultimate fuck you. Yeah. Because when I heard that song, yeah. well, it, literally, I mean, it was the first time I was like my dad, where I felt like the music actually made me physically ill. Like yeah. the bass, my, my, my speaker rattled itself loose in my Mazda CX-5. Sure. Oh my God. Well, to be honest with you, we don't write those songs just to tell people we're still heavy. Like we've always yeah. written. You've you know, always been that, heavy. We've always we been heavy. This. It's just that, you know, Phil went through a lot during that time before we wrote the, before we wrote the album and stuff. And that oh, song really, right, yeah, like, I mean, that's, totally derailed my yeah. question, by the yeah. way. Sorry. Yeah. That's a <laughs> tangent. It's not your fault. But uh, yeah, that's, that, song, <laughs> that, that, that album, and you can hear Phil's, you know, Phil's experiences in, in that, in that whole album. It's very, very heavy and dark for the most part. I know we do our regular songs. We have rock mm -hmm. and, you know, our, our heavy rock songs and stuff like that and ballad and stuff like that. It was the same, same, Typical, all that remains stuff that we play. I'm, I'm sorry, Siobhan. Why don't you why don't you bring us back I'm off just, the I'm crazy just giving train? You a hard time. Uh, oh, but uh, you know why I quit drums for a couple of years? Yeah, uh, it was that I was burnt out for. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I, I I'll try to make it quick because otherwise we'll be here forever. No, but, it's okay. Uh, you know, you're you're in a band for 12 or 13 years, and you're playing. You're in a van. Take your that, time. That breaks down. That drops drops the transmission all the time. You're getting yeah. paid. In pe you're getting paid in pizza, and some of these yeah. shows and, and exposure. You, you, don't forget exposure. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, and yeah, and, ex and, ex and exposure. <laughs> yeah, right. Ben is yeah. in oh, rare form tonight. <laughs> sorry, uh, the the, pr the the mimeograph machine broke, and we couldn't uh, make the copies to staple to the trees around the neighborhood. Sorry, there's only 55 uh, kids here. I forgot uh, how good your working vernacular was. Jason's very educated. In fact, if you get him going about entomology, he's 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 very knowledgeable. Just I like insects, yes. I wanted to be an entomologist before I was a drummer. But not an entomologist, not to be confused with someone likes words, an yeah. entomologist for Yeah, those entomologist, yeah. That listen, you know. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. But uh, biochemistry handed my ass to me. I've, uh, <laughs> I do have ADD, and uh, there's certain, if I don't like a certain subject or whatever, I just, I, it's really hard for me to retain yeah. the information. Is that why you stop drums? No. Well, no. he's trying to get to the fucking point, Ben, but you keep talking. Hey, actually, one of the reasons why Benny and I are such good friends, I love Benny, is because he's got a massive amount of ADD, but he he takes it a step further. But he, like, takes you he's on a journey ADHD. where you don't... Yeah, you don't yeah. realize that you're going to end up somewhere totally different. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. like, where yeah. the fuck yeah. am I? Yeah, he's he's ADHD <laughs> all the way. He's crazy. Yeah. And you just drop some Adderall on top of that. That was fucking mind. That's what I like it, though. It's always something to talk about. Uh, but uh, so, you know, beat and diecast, playing that, and then just... Uh, it was a hard, the hardcore scene is a lot different than the metal scene also. So there was a lot of violence. Interesting. Uh, I could literally tell you a million stories about very, very violent things that we were involved in and like at shows happened. or just like well, oh, everything. Yeah, we everything. were like, a, we, we weren't a band. We were a fucking pack of wolves. We weren't. We, and when you're on tour with other hardcore bands, you bond with them. You are a pack of wolves. Wow. And if anyone messes with you or whatever, and, you, and you're kids and you're full of angst and you're not getting paid and you're surviving on pizza sure. and stealing beef jerky from 7-Elevens to get your protein, I would totally just rob 7-Elevens, uh, not literally rob, but steal and everything else. I had no, I didn't have a lot of money. I was running up all kinds of credit card debt. The vans yeah. were falling apart. We were stealing, stealing parts of vans 
<laughs> I won't say from where and stuff, but well, it's, I think it's, the statute of limitations is passed, oh, No, it's okay. Man. Ben told the whole story about it, how he basically conned someone into stealing a guitar for him on one of our previous Unreal, like. We were that we were a very kind of thuggy band, and uh, if I think about, if I think back, I, I can't believe that none of us had been arrested and gone to jail. I mean, none of us now, were ever arrested. None of us ever went to jail. Anymore, like I mean, I can't wear this in public. This is so not in vogue anymore. This is not. <laughs> yeah. This is not okay with yeah. everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so just there was, for all the people that are wondering. Oh yeah, that, so there was all that. There was that aspect of it, um, and then you put on top of it that you know I just wanted to be in a band that was. I, I never wanted to be super famous. That's why whenever anyone ever asked me since I was a little kid till even now, mm-hmm. I just want to make a decent living playing music. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's really what I wanted to do. So that band, it wasn't really doing it. Uh, I I've yeah. always felt, to be very honest, I always felt that that band, I wanted to stay heavier, but that band uh, kind of wanted to do t- almost too much uh, mainstream kind of singing stuff and mm-hmm. when we did the heavy stuff we were doing great and we were actually getting bigger and bigger and then we started doing that stuff and at first it was like a bump but then you know kind of went down because our heavier fans didn't like us and stuff yeah uh, we, we did what a lot of bands do and it just didn't work for diecast uh, at that point and uh i don't know i was i was it wasn't nothing against the guys in the band i love all those guys uh and it, it was nothing about the the music i like playing the songs even the rock songs is one of my favorite drum like oh, openings thanks. to any fucking record just so you guys know it, I, I don't care what jason says fire about damage, yeah yeah dude fire damage that song right there the first time i heard that i said to myself is there any other member of the band like i thought that like that maybe your band would be mad at you for how loud the drums were on that no song. no no. see what that that a lot of the stuff in diecast like i used to rehearse this is another reason why i burnt out and i didn't want to play drums anymore so i used to be the guy that practiced two hours before the band showed up for rehearsal and then they would all leave and I would still rehearse on the things that we practiced on. Like, I know like, I was in the like room down the writing, hall from you. I was, yeah, I was, I was right. I would be writing drum parts to whatever riffs we came up with that day and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, Oh, well I kind of sucked at this drum fill. So I'll do it for an hour straight. Yeah. I was that guy. So I also burnt out big time cause I practiced too hard because yeah. I was having self doubt. Am I good mm-hmm. enough? Am I, can I pull these parts off live all the time and everything? So I practiced way too hard back then. I did mm-hmm. it. I overdid it. And that was mm-hmm. one of the, another reason why I burnt out, but uh, just from practicing too much. But like a song like Fire Damage, it would be, I would be there for an hour or two before the guys showed up. And I, that, was a, that was just an exercise I was working on. That. If you guys haven't heard it, please go, on the, go, go to YouTube and like, just listen to this song. Because if there's anything that really exemplifies, first off, and not only imagine Jason playing it, but now imagine a guy playing traditional grip playing that mm. song because that's what's one of the most fantastic things to me is that you literally play if buddy guy was like fucking even angrier than he was <laughs> so anyways yeah that's, is it buddy rich did i say buddy guy i meant said buddy, buddy guy i wasn't buddy sure rich. what you were i thought buddy maybe rich. you knew some some buddy secret rich. nickname that i didn't no, know I'm about just high. <laughs> yeah. <It's stupid. laughs> but uh so yeah it was just a it was a workout and they came in someone came mm-hmm. in and was like dude we gotta write a song around that and so we did that was the that was the the pre-chorus, I think. And we started the song off with the pre-chorus with that, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of songs work out. And, and All That Remains, it works out like that sometimes too. There's a bunch of songs that I, I was working on shit a little bit before the guys came in. And I don't do the two-hour thing before they come anymore. I'm, yeah. Yeah. To be honest, to be honest with you, I, I, I barely practice to get better anymore. And it's something that I've been working on lately. And actually, uh, I was just talking to my girlfriend about uh, t- today was uh, – I, a notebook I was starting to write things down mm-hmm. stuff that I want to work on for this next album because I feel like you know I've kind of gotten a little bored with the stuff that I can play 
and we're going to be writing a new album soon. Uh, we still already started kind of working on it a bit. And I right. want to put some new different things that I normally don't do. So there's some techniques and things that I want to work on to put on the next album. But uh, it's taken until this long. I mean, I've been in All That Remains now for 13 years. And the only thing that I've really practiced to get better was I, I, I didn't do any blast beats and, and die cast. So I had to just work on some blast beats. That's it. And blast beats are pretty easy. The, the so 60, what was it, what was it that kind of transitioned you from being in that mentality of not wanting to play drums to actually breaking down and, and joining All That Remains? Uh, well, I just, I started playing. I remember I just, I put head, I went, I had a little rehearsal studio in Quincy and I put the headphones on and I just, I played uh tribe called quest. Low end theory was the first thing I did. <laughs> did, I did just, he, by the way, it, just so you know, I was, I told you, and this is a real story. I was down the hall from him. Did they build your room, your room up on cinder blocks in that building? Because <laughs> yeah. it all flooded. So like, yeah. we were underneath the, uh, a, a, a bakery and like this Chinese bakery. They had all this crazy shit and it like flooded. So the guy was like, okay. And then we just came down one day and the entire room was built up with cinder blocks. Yeah. I was basically, I feel like it, it was like, you see those scenes in Rocky when he goes to the mountains to train. Yeah. I feel like that's, <laughs> yes. I was underneath the stair. I was underneath the staircase. Yes. So picture a room built underneath the staircase. That's like, how much like room Harry I had. Potter the, the people okay. I'm not no, joking. The people yeah. under the stairs, For real. like the 80s style. I, yeah. I could only fit a three-piece kit in there. I couldn't even fit a real kit. It was just one tom, a floor tom, like a china, uh, crash, two crash cymbals, <laughs> a ride cymbal, and hi-hats, right? And my double bass pedal and snare, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I practiced to learn the All That Remains stuff, to learn two albums worth. <laughs> it was like the first tour I did, it, did with them was like, I don't know, it was like three weeks later after I, after I hadn't played for two years, it was like three weeks later. Our first tour was a headlining set. It was an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 oh, minutes. Oh, yeah, of course. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I felt like, but it was the perfect rehearsal studio to learn how to play that stuff because it was like hot as fuck. There was yeah. no windows. There was a light bulb that didn't have a cover on it. And wow. I could feel, I could feel, I could feel Way the Way to heat. put a positive spin on that. That could oh, have been real. such a <laughs> No, and actually that's how I went to it. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And it was like kind of like the perfect way to kind of do it, you know, and and uh, I felt like at that point, like maybe I got something to prove now. I, I took two years off and I got something yeah. to prove. And actually, to be honest with you, no joke, it, it came back really easy. Anyone that's quit music out there that's listening to this or seeing this podcast or whatever, don't be afraid to get back into it because it actually comes back, especially if you played for a long time. The muscle memory comes back really quickly. And there's ways that you can, you can look online. There's uh, muscle memory techniques even to help you uh, redo your muscle memory uh, even faster. Breathing techniques and stuff in between your, uh, your exercises. Well, like perspective wise, did you feel like you had a different perspective on drums? Like, cause no. I know sometimes if I take, no, if Not I take really. some time off guitar, uh, especially if I'm doing a lot of like uh, gigging and stuff and then I, you know, I'm doing more studio work and producing and I'm not playing guitar, like writing and, and riff wise, I can kind of always, I feel a little different with like uh, that little bit of a break. So you just, you just like kind of came right in back a good way? Or are you saying like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, like, you know, oh, yeah. especially if you, if you sit, I used to play eight hours a day when I was younger. That was like, just, that's what I Levi did. Levi says I was you had to do it nine hours. School. Is that why you're only. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm not famous. Um, but no, so I, I would play like eight hours a day. I would get home from it school. It was that one play. extra hour, Corey. Exactly. Um, and I remember like, as I get towards like college and stuff and it, it became more of like, you know, a, a couple hours a week. Uh, and then I would take like a couple weeks off. I went on vacation. I would come back and I would feel like I was better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somehow, somehow, like I couldn't no, explain no, it. True. I was just like, I guess the stuff would be more instinctual than uh, feel like uh, repetitive practice routine. 
Well, um, also, I'm also, on, you, I'm, also, you yeah. develop muscle memory, uh, you know. Yeah. By the way, so do, maybe, you want, do you want a fan, Jason? Because people don't realize that there's actually uh, there's there's we're in the same place. We're just socially distant. Holy crap! My girlfriend's made uh, brownies. Oh wow! Uh, and, and, and Haley, thank That's you. So nice. What, what, so, you have I'll like multiple one. people serving you right now. <laughs> Jason, J Jason, would you like to go show them the trick? Go show Jason the trick. They're gonna show these up. Are you hot though? Because we could bring you a fan. I feel yeah, like you look a little hot over here. There's you look a, a little verklempt. <laughs> I'm gonna go get, 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 get the man a fan. You, you Ver, talk verklempt, I think, is like the new hashtag. Benny yes. has figured out how to insert verklempt into every <laughs> podcast episode. No, but I'm, I, I agree with you, Corey, though, because like, like for example, Thanks. when we are on tour, you know, and I'm playing a lot of like, of course, you know, when you're playing rock music on violin, it's mostly a a lot simpler than the stuff that I like to practice, which is like classical music, sure. you know? So when I get back from tour, I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to practice. And I feel like my like dedication to practicing and like my, my drive for it is so much stronger than it would be if I didn't have those moments of not having it. Interesting. That makes sense, yeah, you're in a different you know? situation for, yeah. for me. You know, like I, when uh, all that remains stuff is hard to play. A lot of right. this stuff is. So yeah. I'm always, I'm always feeling challenged, and I would definitely mm -hmm. maybe feel like that if I was in your shoes, where I was playing for like a rock band or, or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sometimes that time off does help you renew your, you know, your interest in it. Oh you sure. Or you come back and you're just like, shit, oh, I thanks. suck. I should have been <laughs> practicing the whole time. <laughs> why did, why did I take a break? This is a bad idea. <laughs> this is a really good brownie. Oh yeah, for. Yeah, speaking of which, with coronavirus stuff, like I've been slacking a bit on the practicing. I just started again practicing hard. I, I went, I went hard for a while at the beginning, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna burn out." And then everyone was just like, "This coronavirus thing is gonna last for so long," you know. Just, mm -hmm. And then all of our shows just started getting canceled and stuff Ugh. like that. So I'm like, eh. "Yeah." And then I just relaxed, started playing. Doesn't he look dreamy with games. his hair just blowing in the wind? Yeah, you <laughs> yes. got, you got like a Beyonce fan like yeah. effect going on yeah. right now. Yeah. It, you feel better though. It <laughs> you should have refreshing. a fan. You should have a fan. You, you've got the locks. You've got the mane of hair over here. I'm surprised I still have hair at 47. <laughs> Corey, what were you going to ask? looking good. No, no. I was going to say you're, you're talking about kind of how with everything going on, the shows are getting canceled, and you, uh, you've been a touring musician for most of your life. Yeah, at like, this point, yeah. What what are you doing? Like, what what? how has this transition been? Like, what are you doing to fill your time? Oh, I, I played World of Warcraft forever. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, I, see, uh, I know you're no, not. I, I, I take it no, totally seriously. Yeah, because yeah, I for, for real. So I I drink myself to death, and uh, uh, and I, that's that's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, I mean, well, you're clearly still alive, so you obviously yeah. haven't gone far Adam Gilbert, Adam Gilbert says to say hello, and he also fears your drinking uh, prowess. Well, he, he thinks you're alcohol abuse, not drum abuse. Alcohol well, to be abuse. honest with me, this, drummer abuse. this is my first beer, so what, what are we? This Hold is on, July. show what it is, because Corey's trying to get endorsed by them. Miller Lite. <laughs> Miller Lite. Corey, Corey okay. loves Miller. Metal, you like Miller Lite and Crown Royal, by the way. Crown Royal. If there's any human being that should ever be endorsed... It's, well, first off, this this wouldn't have even happened if we didn't have Crown Royal because Jason said he <laughs> wouldn't play on our first song if I didn't buy him a bottle That's of Crown such Royal. Horseshit. He was like, uh, Ben likes to embellish things. You know, <laughs> yeah. bottle, I'll do it for a bottle of Crown Royal. Well, you were really drunk when you said it. You were on Crown Royal. Yeah, I, I was. I was <laughs> on. He said, he said, I, I don't ever Crown do Crown Royal. Tell me this sounds like you. You're like, well, I, I thought I was doing do Crocodile. And then I don't ever decided, do anybody's fucking records. I didn't want to be a zombie eating people anymore, so <laughs> yeah. I, instead, I, I went on Crown Royal. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, you look so bummed. Oh my god! 
that is a good transition. Why don't we talk about how, like, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Jason, me, Ben, we, we go back a little ways, but how did we get you involved in this project that at the time really wasn't even a project? Uh, Benny came out to a bar that we were drinking. I mean, every now and then, Benny <laughs> will meet me at a bar. I'll meet Benny him at a bar. And... Himself in his yeah. <laughs> and... It's more of like Jason putting out a call to arms saying, who wants to have their liver damaged tonight? <laughs> I literally, yeah. I literally did have that on my phone. I had, a, it was like, damage, it was like 25 or 30 people. Liver! And I would send out, I would just damage! send out the name of the bar. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so yeah, funny. And you told me you were doing this uh, project and I was hammered and, it was cold outside. I had to drag him out, and like Rachel, his his, his uh, he was his in a compromising was like, position. You shouldn't do that. He looks pissed off. And, and, and no, no. To be yeah, honest he, with you, I, I didn't want to nah. do it at first. Yeah, at first I didn't want to do it. I, we had he just done like do a it. million months of touring that year. It was a, that was a big year of touring for us, I think. And I remember just thinking, man, the last thing I want to do is another fucking project. We were right also now. playing just, a know. festival the next day, and you played on my twenty-four inch uh, kick drum, <laughs> and your hands were all fucking sloppy that's, and destroyed. You were cutting cut up, and you're like. Dude, I gotta play in front of like thirty thousand people tomorrow, and now I'm playing on your shitty Rogers. Get I did fuck not my say life. that. Oh my god, I would never <laughs> say that's not how I speak. <laughs> I, I, I know that. that's yeah. how it's I fine. remember. You don't have to worry. We know. Like, oh, <laughs> ben, ben has one impression so that he fun. does. Yeah, I would be like, oh man, my, yeah, it's my so inner fun. monologue. It's how I how yeah. I think it happened. Actually, that's crazy. Is it? Honestly, I don't know how you're so happy. You must live in hell then. That's how you hear people all the time. Poor guy. Oh man. It's true. <laughs> Corey, did you want to tell him how we need a quote from our PR people? No, I don't. But uh, <laughs> this seems like the most inopportune time to derail the conversation. So I was, I was going to hold I off. Did I stop it again? Did I, did <laughs> I, I have no American idea what we were even talking about. We were talking about what's happening in quarantine. Then he talked about drinking in World of Warcraft. I was going to make some funny <laughs> comment about how I lost right, Brock for an entire week when freaking Final Fantasy VII remake came out. It was like Brock was like this the whole time. Nice. <laughs> I actually quit World of Warcraft uh, in January, right before the pandemic. So that was... <laughs> Awesome timing. <laughs> so now you're back on Crown and back on World of Warcraft. No, 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 no. So I, I stopped drinking. I started, this is July now, or basically. And I stopped drinking uh, in, in uh, April, uh, at the beginning of April. Uh, and not because I, I felt I needed to quit drinking or anything. Fuck that. Uh, I just, I, I drink to be, I drink. Uh, this I drink, is not a quitter. No, no. It's just, I, I like drinking socially. I love drinking socially. Yeah, I love drinking I with people, yeah, doing with you shots, uh, you know, doing the whole nine yards. So if I'm not going out, I'm not drinking. I mean, the first mm. couple of weeks and, or a month I was home, I was still drinking a little bit and calling some friends stuff, but then eh, just fell by the wayside. This is literally my first beer. But uh, so, uh, so, so wait a minute. Is beers. the pandemic saving your life from cirrhosis? I know, probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, this maybe. Is the, this is like, like you didn't get 2020. You got like yeah. saved. Yeah, yeah no, what's, what's killing me what's killing me now is Grubhub. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the laziest pile of shit. <laughs> Every night's pizza night or fucking sub night or oh I had pizza the other night. I'll be healthy tonight and get a roast beef sub. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DoorDash. DoorDash is my oh, is like God. my savior. Shipped. No. Yeah. It's oh just my gosh. Uh, it's so easy. It's it's bad. Like it I'm so with this like where it is now with with Amazon Prime and everything on demand. Yeah. I don't I have no patience to do anything uh, like if i'm working i'm like oh, I, I could take a lunch break and go make something and, and do all i'm like oh no i'll just door dash it they'll show up they leave it at your door now and send yeah. you a text they're like it's outside so you're well, like it's, it's, it's door dash people yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, it's door they leave it at the door and they dash it's door dash yeah, yeah. <laughs> i text my girlfriend to come ditch. 
I, I used to play Ding Dong Dish, where you <laughs> so just like ring, ring people's doorbells, and you just fucking like blow up fish with like M80s and shit. Back before cell phones. Yeah. yeah before they yeah, do up. And ring doorbells. Let's go ring that doorbell. <laughs> yeah, no, before everyone had like, cameras like, on the neighborhood. I'm playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> See that guy in China or some, uh, it's an Asian country, and the guy's got 68 cell phones on his bicycle. He's got like a friggin' Christmas tree. Wait, why? 68 cell phones, this For old guy. For what purpose? Look up Grandpa Pokemon Go, I think. Is, oh, it's he, a Pokemon he'll come Go right up. Oh my God, that's insane. And he rides around on his he bicycle. probably starts that fan. 60, probably. 68 cell phones on it. But they're all in front of him. Like, where's, uh, he must run into people all the time. Like trying to catch Pokemon. He's oh literally God. catching them all. People. <laughs> I remember, Sorry, okay, and Brock's going to oh kill God. me for telling this story, but we were in freaking, I don't know, Denmark or Norway, and it was like negative 50 degrees in the middle of December. And mm. of course, you know, no who's sun. the one that pays for, yeah, okay, first of all, half the guys are like, oh, we don't want to pay whatever for the travel pass on Verizon, but who was the asshole that paid me $10 a day to have Verizon? <laughs> so what did Brock do? He was like, oh, you need to hotspot me so I can catch Pokemon at this gym <laughs> in freaking Denmark, negative 50 degrees in the middle of December, it's dark outside. I'm like getting freaking frostbite. And I'm standing there just to give him a hot spot so that he can catch some sort of Pokemon. So I love, I, I love that in 2020, in 2020, that is a rock star story. That's Think about like situation. the 19 in the 1980s, what they would be saying right now. <laughs> we started ants with Ozzy. You're like, no, we were out in the freezing cold catching uh, Pokemon, yeah, tripping balls, except without the tripping or the balls part. People have people have no idea like what backstage is like these days. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's hardly any partying. You get the group. Dude, there's hardly any partying. I'm like, I'm a guy, I'll go, and I try to find the other guys in other bands that I know want to party. You know, <laughs> like you hear, oh, and that's like the first day of tour. Oh, Jay's the drinker. Who's the drinker? Oh, Bob Dobelina is the drinker over there. You know, like you find the drinker. Yeah, this this literally killed the party. It now did. it's just, yeah. you know what, now it's just it's, this. It, I think but drummers have a special talent for that, though, because Adam's like, Adam is the best. I admire him so much because he's the best at like going and being like, if we're on tour with like a couple different groups, if we're headlining, we have support bands, he will know everybody and everyone's names within like sure. the first couple of days. And he's, oh, he's so better great than about me. That. I don't remember anyone's names. I know. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that dude, that dude's cool. We drank our heads <laughs> off for seven hours last night. I don't know his name, though. Yeah, no, but that's a social skill. Like, the rest of us are really bad at it. We're like, Jason like, judges you by how many Jaeger shots you can take before you just slowly <laughs> do the Irish exit. Oh my God, the Irish exit. He's like, that's number 16. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah, there's a lot of drummers are, are the parties in the band. I think it's we're hyper. And uh, it, yeah. for me, I know, I know, I, the alcoholism crept up on me. And it was, uh, well, it did. It didn't just all of a sudden happen one day. Like, it, 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 uh, I used to not drink before I even played. Mm -hmm. in, in diecast but at night when you're staying at some drug dealer's house and <laughs> you have to sleep on a you're, you know you're sleeping on uh the the, the arrow bed that your parents got you for christmas they're like oh we support you yeah thank That's god literally <laughs> with an arrow bed yeah well yeah when, with you know, i'd tell you listen my, my parents we didn't have a lot of money we, i was a low middle class uh you know so you, you know the first time you stay at someone's house because you can't your band can't afford the the hotels all their cats fucking pop your arrow bed. You wake up on the goddamn floor with sore arms Holy and legs. Yeah. So I would just be like, fuck that preemptive strike. It just go right for the alcohol right before I went to bed. Just pound the shit, whatever, whatever the hell it was. I would just drink the shit out of it. I didn't give bad frog ale from 1983 in, in your closet. Yeah. Give it to me. It's got a cap on it. Right. Like, wow. so yeah, so it snuck up on me and then, you know, and then all that remains is, is a different story. I started drinking before I played, and all that remains uh, just because uh, nervousness. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, like a like a medication for me before I play. Almost, it's, it's still that scary. 
Oh, well, it used to be, I mean, you guys know me now. It used to be one shot a crown before I got on stage. And now mm-hmm. it's like a half a solo cup. Yeah, for an hour before I. <laughs> and play. you're the only person who like can do blast beats at like you know 250 yeah, BPM neat. after, dude. I I not true, but yeah, but uh, dude. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. In my There's a experience, lot of guys out there that that can play. I, I, I can't that, believe people can play smoking pot like that. True. Yeah, but, that's but, that I don't understand. But some people, yeah, that works for them. Flubby flubby feet is a common trait I think with a lot of drummers after they've had a few drinks. Unless I guess yeah. unless they're professional drinking drummers, that's a, <laughs> a skill set. <laughs> I honestly, because I, I don't drink while we rehearse and stuff, uh, but I know well, like, you know what? so it's Maybe weird to me that I can even thing. do it. Wait, this makes sense to me because what, what you learn something, so when you're learning the piano or you're learning the drums and you're going, this is a rudiment or this is a that, you're using your cerebellum, all right? But like when, when you Science drive, is bomb, but yes. when you start drive, so let's say Hang like, you're, so, so when you first start, <laughs> when, when you actually get good and you, you're not thinking about it or you're driving yeah. and you're not actually thinking about putting your foot on the gas or whatever, that actually moves to your basal ganglia. So my guess is his basal ganglia has been able to circumvent his drinking and well, that he's able to be a, a, a absolutely super drummer while, while, cause he's does it when he's drunk because if he didn't drink, actually, he might not do as well. In fact, there's studies that suggest yeah, that if you do it mostly, yeah, while you're, yeah, you probably suck if you don't drink before your show. Yeah, just, ner- just nerves. I, I, try, I would tend to rush the click track maybe a little bit or mm-hmm. something. I don't know now cause I haven't played <laughs> I haven't played sober in probably I don't even know. It's got to be don't it's got to be drugs, almost kids. ten years. Yeah, I know. Don't don't please don't try this. It's just my path, but no, I haven't but played sober works. in like ten I mean, years. It's, ten it's years just, probably. It's just a great solution to a problem. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As Corey continues to drink his drink, I need this to get through two hours with Ben. This is what this is how I work. No, but yeah, the, these things alcohol, are all relevant, alcohol. though. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, nothing is necessarily going to enhance your baseline skill. But I mean, you know, it's just like people Practice. in classical music talk about taking beta blockers, you know, to deal with nerves. Like everybody has their thing that they have to do. I mean, I, I didn't even know that judge. was a thing. That's I didn't even think thing. about that. That's like some taking beta blockers. I can't believe yeah. you guys. Wow, no, this is Ma takes beta yeah. blockers before no, I mean, he go- goes and performs Stravinsky. No, yeah. I mean, I think certain people that their life is, you know, they're oh, used to performing like a certain canon of repertoire all the time. Maybe it's just second nature. I've, them, heard, you know? I've heard like rockers taking human growth hormone to look like Slash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I've heard like like Slash looks like jacked because like they take human growth hormone. But I haven't Probably, heard of beta I blockers. H- I don't know if those dudes, some of those dudes are on HGH. HGH is a really tough regimen, and it's really hard on your liver. You well, got to really – Your guys Most, your most of those guys are doing fucking, testosterone. Your guys I know, your I know a lot of guys that do in bands from touring now, tons of guys. If we go on tour with five bands, I can guarantee you there's going to be like five or six dudes that are on testosterone, injecting testosterone and steroids. But HGH, I've heard dudes talk about it. No one touches that shit really because it's a really tough regimen, I guess. It's not, it's very complicated. You got to really know what you're doing sure. you know, to do that kind of well, stuff. Well, when you're, yeah, when you're dealing with hormones or anything. Like I think that. you have I mean, to take insulin know? if you're taking HGH. I think I could be Jeez. wrong, but that's yeah, I think that's I complicated. Going back a little bit to um, the nerves you're talking about. Is that something yeah. you still deal with to this day? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a dude. I'm a jumpy person. I'm hyper. And I've got, re- I've got literally got restless leg syndrome. And when I play, I want to fucking, I just, my body just ramps up, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, if I drink a bit before I play, I'm cool. Put me on a click track. I'm good. You know, and before yeah. I started drinking and all that remains, uh, there was about a year, uh, that I was on a click track and everything was fine. I, I would brush the click a little bit, but 
uh, in certain spots, not like always or anything like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't like bad, bad, but drinking just uh, a few drinks before he got on, just, I was like, oh wow. And the band was like, holy shit, dude, you sounded fucking wicked loose <laughs> yeah. and just like, just like yeah. grooving and getting into it more, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. also the guy that yeah. like, if I go on a website that's, and I, I used to, I don't anymore for a very long time. And so I could have, you know, a hundred people write nice things about me. It would be the one kid that says something shitty that will yeah. literally go across my brain while I'm playing. Just, you know, I, didn't mean it, I didn't mean it personally. I just thought it was some constructive criticism. I know. You ruined me. You ruined me. Now I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. So guess who I'm coming to when I need a kidney or something? Oh, my hey, gosh. You're, no, but drugs are a high pressure you're welcome. Situation. You're welcome to mine whenever you want it, man. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. Hey, hey same. Hey, listen. Same. Just don't go to Adam Gilbert for one. Yeah, Siobhan. No, 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 but for real, Adam Gilbert only has one good working kidney, so you get twenty. We did have this conversation. Uh, we did, we did I did not know that. that. Yeah, don't don't ask him. Yeah, Siobhan, mm. do you ever experience that uh, when you're on stage? You get do you get jitters, nervous anytime. Um, it kind of depends on the level of difficulty. Fucking Jedi, music. Dude, I mean, come on, let's be real. She no, doesn't give a no, shit. no, no, but no, no, but he's that's a good question. You're right. I mean, sometimes I've had some debilitating nervous breakdowns before, like major classical performances. You know, yeah. because it really just depends on what are the stakes. Like if I'm going up and I'm playing with Star Set, you know, the stuff, especially because we just play it so much. You know, and the parts aren't necessarily for someone that's classically trained, not super difficult. And we just do it day in and day out. Like I can get yeah. up and probably be, yeah, like 10 drinks in and not have a problem. <laughs> but if I had to get up and play like a classical concerto where it's like you have to be like laser focused, feeling super energetic, you're by yourself in front of a ton of people. Yeah, I've had some like really bad bouts of nervousness. Yeah, so I, I bring that up because um, and it's a little bit apples and oranges because my my performance like venues are obviously different than you guys. I don't I don't tour. Um, I play a ton of uh, gigs like it, well, I used to uh, like every weekend doing different bars and clubs and stuff like that, where there, there are sets that I played a thousand times and I, there mm -hmm. can be, it could be five people. There can be a thousand people. I'm fine. I've been on stage mm -hmm. since I was 13. Like I feel very comfortable if I know what I'm doing. Uh, the past few years, I've had some great opportunities to do some kind of sideman hired gun gigs where I've flown. I did a week in Nashville and I did some stuff down in Florida for a festival where it was, going in front of, you know, several thousand people with songs I learned the week before. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time, the first gig I had down in Nashville was at the Wild Horse Saloons, like really cool venue, huge stage, like the, the, the TVs behind you with brought in. And this was the first show I played with this band. Mm -hmm. I met the band at the gig. I, huh. I learned all the songs, you know, like we, we, I, I take that back. We had, we had a 30 minute rehearsal at like a place down the street right before the gig, but I met them that day. And it was a, a, a 35 minute set with songs that I'd never played with them before. And it was the first time that I stepped on stage. And I went, holy shit. I was like shaking. And I've been playing gigs for 15, 16 years. And, and it was the first time that I was like, oh my God, it took me by surprise. Sure. Um, and, it, and it was just that first time that I was like trying to, it was like cramming homework. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was the weirdest thing. I, I thought I was super prepared. I played those things for a week straight, every song I, I had charted mm -hmm. out. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. And as soon as I stepped on stage and I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, then, there are so many different levels to preparation. Well, well you know, the great you know, of course. This is why you should be a DJ, because because for me, <laughs> that experience happened when I wa went to the House of Blues. I got paid to be at the House of Blues, and they gave me the green room at the House of Blues. It said DJ Benny Goodman. I walked in. I made myself a chocolate milk. I realized that all the, the catering was there for me. I wasn't stealing someone else's catering. And then I went on stage and played Fight for Your Right to Party in front of a bunch of fucking <laughs> soccer moms and, and thousands of people, actually. And um, I danced around with my friend Alicia, um, and it, it, I got paid for that. 
And I said to myself, like, this is fucking awesome. And they thought, they thought we were great. I played like How Will I Know by Whitney Houston and some guy like looked at me like you you like know the right song. Were you, were you worried about fucking up pressing play? Like <laughs> No, but that's the thing. So the funny thing is that's what I'm trying to tell you is that 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 like you know, you guys could do all these things and then like that moment for me was just pressing play. But the funny part was there was a band setting up ahead of time. They were a company band. This is a private party that um got rented out the House of Blues. And the bass player for twenty minutes is going back and forth. And like they're going into my sound check, which is literally just a line check. One, two, hello. Like that's all I want. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Like, guys, get it done. And the bass player's going, they're like, oh, test the XLR cable, test the line. And I literally go and I walk all the way down and I just turn the thing off from standby. And then and the thing goes boom, super loud. And I'm like, there you go, guys. I'm a DJ. Can I just do my one, two check? And I literally played like, you know, fuck the police by NWA for like three seconds and went like one, two, three. And I like walked off and that, and poof. Oh my so God. Cool. <laughs> well, anyway, no, but I mean, but no, but there's really nothing that can replace experience, you know? And so yeah. like, if I'm talking from the perspective of a violinist, like that's why we spend like 60 to 70% of our practice time working on technique every single day, because at the end of the day, if you're going to get nervous or there's going to be something that's thrown at you, at least you know that you've got your technique like in the bag, you know? Yeah, that's what J Jason Richardson joined our band. And uh, I don't know if you know, if you're, if, any, if anyone he's out there is familiar animal. with he's, Jason. He's, he's ridiculous. He's, he's phenomenal. He's so ridiculous at playing that it made us rehearse Siobhan more. Siobhan actually is doing a bunch of guitar solos um, where she's copying um, guitar players. You should check out Jason Richardson. You <laughs> want to do something? He, good Good luck. Yeah, well, no, here's the thing is, so, no, so I, I, I mean, tell you something serious. With, Jason, you know. I'm telling you for real that even the greatest guitar player in the world still pales in comparison, in my opinion, to Siobhan on a bad day. That's the, I'm telling you. Sure, she's sure. Gone against, she's gone that, against. No, that's good. No, go, go look the, into some of Jason's stuff. It's, you have to it look at it. absolutely I fucking ridiculous. I challenge you. Can, uh, can I ask you this? If Siobhan plays something up to Jason's level, will you show it to Jason and make him play it with Siobhan? Oh, he would. I bet you he would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, Jason's, Jason's really it. cool. Jason's really cool. Really nice guy, and he loves playing guitar. He loves music, and he mm -hmm. loves practicing, and he loves playing complicated shit. And he just mm -hmm. likes, you know, being out there and, and playing near the top of his ceiling and everything. The, the well, Siobhan is, is every day is having, is awesome. having like uh, you know guitar when, when we heard that he wanted to join the band, we were like, shit. Like, <laughs> I remember Phil was like, dude, we we have to rehearse more. Like That's so funny. You would think out. it would be the other way around. Wow. I'm not. No, yeah. I'm not Mike joking. Like, because because, because he did this video of him playing Chiron, and we were just like, oh my god, like we gotta really step it up to have this dude in the band because we can't just you know be like here and he's here. Like we gotta at least get well, closer. That was the yeah. weirdest thing <laughs> you know, like, seeing him play this stuff live. The first time I saw him play it live, he it never was weird. fucks up. It was weird it's because amazing. listen, Ollie is was a was a unbelievable never will there be another ollie herbert yeah we love him and what a composer but like ollie would would fling webs at you and he would hold the guitar <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah. he'd flip things Play, around like playing, the, playing the actual parts wasn't yeah, the highest it, it thing on his list when secondary. he was playing yeah, it was secondary <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't. So, that's just what so he did you know when you see him live like sometimes it'd be like you know van halen genius and sometimes you're like oh well he missed that one yeah, um, yeah. jason when you see jason live it's like if you saw ollie and ollie no. practice way harder and then just See, played it fucking perfect let me tell you, jason's got a tough path man because i remember because every show that we play there'll be our fans there and there's definitely a contingent just for jason Mm -hmm. And they are on his side of the stage and their fucking eyes are glued. Wow. <laughs> and I swear to God, it's, it's like the, 
I think he might have missed that second thing on the front. <laughs> oh my god! You know, literally like, every classical music audience. Oh my god! Well, like, because like, he's no, not I'm not that saying level. all those kids. I'm no, not saying all those extra. kids are like that. I'm not saying yeah. all those kids no, are like that, no, but, but no, he definitely but that's the, the type pressure, of constituent you know? he would he would attract. You know, people that are like perfection. He's, yeah, he's, if you haven't heard this stuff, check it out. It's it is really ridiculous. He is the I'm most. I'll go on record as saying he's the most insane guitar player to come out there since John Petrucci. Like yeah, as far as like just like extra he level. Turns heads. Like he turns heads. I read something, and you can tell us if this is true, Jason. That like he literally programmed stuff in like his computer that he thinks he can't play, and then figures out how to play it. Like things he thinks are inhuman. He does, he does everything. I'm not joking. The kid does everything. He practices. He programs. Do you think he'll, do you think he'll play on he, Lost he Symphony for our, for our last song with Maybe, with Marty Friedman? You, you gotta ask him. Can, can well, reach out. Reach out he, to him. I tried. He won't answer any of my Instagram. Well, maybe that's that's your answer. <laughs> yeah, you're you reaching out to him on Instagram. <laughs> I don't have his number. You don't even return my calls. He's trying to slide into the DMs. <laughs> well, before we get off of this, we're doing we're doing a, a final record, a chapter three, which we haven't talked about for Lost Symphony, which is our actually our sponsor. We haven't talked about yeah, yet. Let's talk about this. Chapter process. one and chapter two, but the third one is going to be for our friend Ollie Herbert who we all have in common, who brought us all together. And we're doing one last song, and I'm going to say it. Maybe I'm going to jinx it, but I'm just going to fucking say it. I asked Scott Benson tonight, but our joke between Ollie and I, um, so Jason introduced Ollie um, to me because when the first thing he said when he listened to our record uh, or our song was, I bet you Ollie would like these guitar guys. It wasn't like, yep. oh, this was great to do. He was like, no, Ollie will love this. <laughs> I had no idea who Ollie was. Um, but when Ollie and I got together, um, we used to talk all the time about these fictitious scenarios of like, what if we got Eddie Van Halen to mow the lawn <laughs> where we got, you know, uh, yep. Alex Skolnick from Testament to do like the bushes. Um, and really the, the ultimate one for us was like, what if we got Marty Friedman and Nuno Betancourt? And for Jason, this is true, uh, for the last song that we've just added on to um, the Ollie tribute, we've gotten the okay from our record label. We've, we've convinced Marty to come out of hiding in Japan to do another song, which he always, he's always been grateful and awesome and what a wonderful yeah. guy. And Nuno, who's a little bit um, more wary, and I love Nuno, he's my man crush. I like I literally, it. I love that guy. Um, has of, as of this moment, has agreed to play on the song. And if Jason Richardson would like to play on it, I don't see how you could get any more <laughs> cool than that. Because yeah. Nuno and Marty were, were my favorites. And the one guy that, that Ollie used to say Dude, all get the time Tony, was, McAl Tony McAlpine. I love Tony McAlpine. Listen, so. I like Tony McAlpine, but the, but the thing is, these are what Ollie and I said was Marty and Nuno. But he used to how about, always, how about Al DiMiola? Al DiMiola is up that. there. That would be amazing. But he used to always say Jason Richardson. I didn't know who Jason Richardson was until Ollie showed yeah, definitely me. Definitely Jason. Down. Yeah. Yeah, he I'll talk showed to Jason me. about it. So I'm telling you yeah. that like, for Ollie's sake, that's – he told me about it. So I'm so happy when I saw that he was playing for you, I was like, this is so right. Because when, when Phil said Ollie would, would have wanted this, like that wasn't just some PR shit. That was true. No, I remember uh, when Ollie we, would have wanted this all day. Yeah. That, when, when, when we played the first, the first time I saw Jason, I think he was playing in born of Osiris and we were, we were like in, I think we were in Maine, which is weird that I'm remembering anything. Cause that's, that's just strange. <laughs> but so I, there was a, the, the club that's up there. I forget the name of, uh, is the way it's set up where the band can come out of the back room and you stand there's, you, there's this cool balcony thing that overlooks the stage and i remember i was back there warming up because we, we were going on last and and uh ollie comes in he's like jay i know you're warming up but you got to see this guitarist play he's fucking awesome he's one of the best guitarists i've ever seen i'm not even joking he dragged me out to see jason richardson play guitar 
So awesome. to, since that time, it was years that he, anytime anyone would talk about guitarists and stuff like that, he was always saying, Jason Richardson's the best I've ever seen. Jason Richardson's best of best. Oh, so, wow. True story. so when Jason, when Jason, when, yeah, when Phil said to us, dude, Jason wants to fill in. It's perfect because he's like literally Ollie was saying he's, I don't know if he was Ollie's favorite guitarist, but he, he thought that, Jason was the best guitarist out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. it was just like a no-brainer. It's amazing. Well, yeah. in fact, I can clarify this because Ollie and I had many conversations about this because we were, you know, Ollie was a super nerd that would talk oh, about yeah. scales all day and he would tell you why he liked people better than another person. And we talked about, so Marty Friedman we agree, and Nuno Benacord, we agreed were the tastiest. Friedman. Dragon's we're just, Kiss, that album yeah, 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 Exactly. We're the tastiest and had the best ability, but we disagreed. Uh, growing up they, they just set the bar but as far as newcomers as far as sheer technique jason richardson is literally like if you had a guitar machine He's, sent uh, from outer space and said just play but <laughs> like, you gotta watch it siobhan in fact i one i want to encourage him to play with siobhan but we we are doing one last song so we're gonna surprise richard shaw by telling him because his, his favorite guitar player is nuno um but, and he wanted to pay homage to to ollie um, but if we could get uh, Jason, because when I came to see your show, I was too embarrassed to even ask you to introduce me because I was just, I didn't feel like it was a proper, like, hey, he's man. Like, nice. He's I, just, his, like, if he's, if he's backstage and he's just practicing, he just looks intense. He's actually a nice guy. Yeah, mm. I, he just I was looks super intense, but he's not. Well, he, like, if you're willing to ask him video for games us. and anime and, you know, everything else. He's wearing, like, you know, uh, what, is, what the heck was he wearing? Uh, like, Zelda shorts? <laughs> <laughs> We did start talking about Ollie there and, and, and how kind of it was, Jason, you introduced us to him as far as the, the project goes. Yeah, you did. Ollie is such a huge part. He's, he's on every record. You know, we, we had, I, I know Ben and I had the privilege of spending just so much time working with him in the studio. Uh, and that wouldn't have happened without you introducing us to him. Kind of like reminisce a bit about that freaking awesome wizard that we get to hang out with. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know that Jason has some like tour stories. We, 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 I don't know, we were drinking and I forget now, but um, you guys definitely, he wasn't much of a partier, right? Uh, not really. And, and I don't know why. I think there was, it was just being a, it's some, I think most of the time it was money. To be honest with you, <laughs> yes. I mean, literally, like and, yeah, and yeah. by the way, like we could have, we could have, we literally could <laughs> make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a year, and he still wouldn't go to Dunkin' Donuts across the street and get a fucking coffee with the rest of us. He'd walk yeah. down the street three blocks to the fucking Suntime Inn and get a free coffee out of their goddamn machine, and then get back to the fucking <laughs> walk into the tour bus <laughs> and be like. No, no, this coffee's really good. I got creamers. And, yeah, he'd have seven or eight free creamers in his pocket. So it didn't I'm matter. He sure literally that- could have $200,000 in the bank and it wouldn't matter. He just, yeah. It's just the way he did shit. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure Benny, Benny knows that from his fridge but, emptying out every so, time he came to record. Me knowing yeah, this. And, and actually one time when he was trying to get home, he took the train and he was like, I got a guy. Like, what do you mean you got a guy? He's like, I got a guy who's going to hook me up. Oh, like, he had fans. My ticket for me. Like, he had, yeah, he had fans. Anyone that was a fan of him, if they had something going he had on, he knew how to, like, he, he had no no shame about, like, cool, you work for Amtrak? Can I get free tickets? <laughs> and what are they going to say? They're like, they're like, I love you. Know, I love your band. I love your music. Sure. You know, cool. so more yeah. power to him. That's kind of cool. 
Can I, mean, I drive the like, train? That you know, was the most rock star thing Ollie ever did was demand free Amtrak tickets. <laughs> oh, no, he's done so much stuff like that. So much stuff like that. So funny. And he never, and let me tell you, he never would demand stuff. He would be sure. very silly about the way, you know, you know, Ollie, how he would ask, like, so, uh, how about, uh, how about those tickets? <laughs> Yeah, you never You said that. you're picking up dinner tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> I still, he bought, a, I never saw him buy fucking anything. And I have a coffee mug at my house. It's because he knows I'm a Scorpio. And he went out and bought me a coffee mug for my birthday one year. And I'm like, what the fuck? Coffee. And like, I remember like Phil and Mike came in the bus and I'm just sitting there with a puzzled look on my face. And they're like, what's up, man? And I'm like, oh, all he just bought me a mug for my birthday and they're like what <laughs> so random the most fucking random thing ever and this mug i mean it's i i will never ever get rid of this this thing it must have been like 50 cents I mean, it's like it's like one of those it's like one of those coffee mugs that you find at the dollar store like it's it's ceramic but there's definitely air bubbles in there because it saved it saved the company money it's because it weighs it weighs like three ounces. Oh my god! I, I fucking love it. It's my favorite fucking thing. I uh, dude, I'm gonna send you a picture of this fucking mug, and you gotta run it when you run this we podcast. Will, we will. We're gonna dude, have a big photo. Dude, you of have it. no when you when you see this fucking thing. I'm crying right now. I'm you're crying. gonna die laughing. Seriously, I can, I can tell you. It's not as funny as that, but it's it's damn close. The funniest thing I ever saw was so Ollie came over one day and he was like, "Hey man, this is my favorite story of Ollie that it, isn't yeah. the band." Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was he was like he was like, "Hey hey man," he's like, "I want to look cooler on stage." Oh, and I was I was I was like, maybe you should buy some no fucking housing. clothes, dude, that like aren't disgusting. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he's like, well, I don't want to I don't want to spend a lot of money. I'm like. Yeah, I know. No, I know. You just like Jason just told me you got like a crazy amount of money off like publishing like advance. Like, yeah, like that's going that's going towards like my house and things. Yeah, cool. All right, well, let's go to H and M because everything's there is made by children in Singapore that are crying. Um, so we went to H and M, and first off, I was responsible for like the two pairs of jeans they had that were like black and like fitted and all that sort of stuff. But watching- They, they six, started to turn gray. <laughs> I six foot four, but the thing is that there was one point, so in between the man section, there's a baby section and then it's like down an escalator in H&M. And poor Ollie had never been into a store anything like this, like never. Never had he ever been into a store like H&M. So he was like, he was completely yeah. perplexed. So all of a sudden, like when he tried on some stuff, he walked out. And first off, there was a few things like I, I don't know if you've gone in H and M and tried. Wait, 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 wait! Did he like audition them for you? He did. He, he did. He tried a few things on, and some of them so were just. And you, you, you were like, "Oh my it. god, this is so bad!" And it's like it's Saved by the Bell looking. You're like, "No." So I walked off because I thought he was done, and I could see him because he's like six four. Like looking over, he's like Ben, Ben, and he's first. He's like kind of quiet, then he's like Ben. Ben and like he's like looking through the baby section and he's starting to panic he's like Ben Ben then I can see him looking for his phone then he realizes he has no service because we're underground in H&M and nobody it was so funny I watched him like go around in a total panic for about five minutes and I was like I'm right here man you look terrible don't get those pants (laughs) that's you gotta dude I'm sorry I hate to call you out but uh, Corey you gotta tell the story about the about the uh the drone oh my god 
is the, <laughs> I told right, I told so, that to the band. They fucking died laughing. They were like, "Oh my true. god!" I was right there for that. That yeah, was fucking yeah. hilarious. So we were um, we were having a Fourth of July cookout. Uh, so I, I don't know how this happened. We must have gone to a show like like a few weeks prior, and uh, you know, I was throwing up for, throwing a Fourth of July cookout, and Ollie was there, and was like, "Hey man, like if you want to go, like you want to come, like like swing on down." Uh, we were probably working on the record actually, and. Uh, I was like, there's no way Ollie's going to show up. You it, know, was, I, it was Hampton Beach. It's actually the exact set list I had yeah, Jason yeah. sign. I yeah, have so it on like, my wall. There's no way Ollie's going to show up to my house and, like, come to my cookout. Like, it's just, you don't picture Ollie, like, in a summery day, like, like bar, <laughs> yeah, bar, right. bar, barbecuing. No, outside. So, so we're having the party, and, and everything's going cool. We're just drinking and hanging out there a day. And then, like, around the corner walks Ollie. Like, just, oh like, just not dressed very summery by the way like very like <laughs> oh, no, no. All, all, all black, black. he just walks around and triple x hoodie yeah yeah and, and, and like those old school jeans from like like the gap yeah, from yeah. like 1997 yeah. they're like flare bottom or something the, hoodie, the yeah. hoodie's been wearing so much that it looks like a bell bottom yes yeah no <laughs> yes. He's, he's got like the uh the whole like 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 monk thing going on but yeah. uh he comes around and you know he knows no one there like ben's there he knows him and, and but he came around and he had like a blast like we hung out we partied all day he, you know he had his dogs with him and uh like <laughs> we were hanging out he's kayaking he kayaked on my lake in his full like rock and roll regalia. it was really weird it was surreal <laughs> to watch I, oh all he would do things all he would do he he did things more than anyone in the band does things like he yeah, goes and he does was, things yeah was, not like you, you, you kind of get the impression that he's a little more like shy, but he was, you know, well, in his, in of, his, but you were a safe area because he felt safe right, around but, you. And and a lot of my friends there, you know, they were super cool. No, like a couple people knew who he was, but most people were just like, oh, this is your buddy. Cool. Yeah. What's up, man? Like, let's have some beers. So he's drinking. He's having a good time. Pictures and like then, handing uh, him fucking burgers. Yeah. We're feeding it's the most he's time. eaten all week. <laughs> no, no, for real. Yeah, so right. I take so, some of these home. So yeah. I, at, at one point, uh, we had just gotten a drone that we were using in some video shoots. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get some drone footage of the party. So I grabbed it and uh, I, I brought it out. and I'm, I'm flying it around, getting some cool angles and all these things. And at one point, all he kind of walks up to me, he's just like, I have a drone. And like, <laughs> Which is random, what? by the way. None of us knew he had a drone. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's <laughs> like, like yeah, two days I, I got a drone. first birthday. Yeah, yeah, he got a first birthday. He's like, I got, I got a drone. July 10th. It's, it's in the trunk of my car. I'm like cool man like do you want to try it out he's like yeah yeah so he runs out he grabs it now my drone was one of those like videography drones and so it's it's pretty much idiot proof it, it'll it'll balance itself it'll 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 auto land it does all these things it's very easy to fly you can't really mess it up uh you can, so, but it's harder yeah i did fly into a tree at one point but i wasn't paying attention uh so ollie brings out this drone and it's it's a nice one it's a it's a really cool kind of bigger one but it's like a a sportier drone, which is more, I think, for people that are into like it's aerial. like a KB Toys one that was like a hundred yeah. bucks off Amazon. I, so he, he's like super excited. He's like, I don't know how to use this, like set it up kind of thing. So <laughs> of course. now all my friends are like pumped. So we're all drunk, just like putting it together, putting the batteries in, looking at this thing, and uh, and it, we finally get it together. And we hand him the remote, and he's like, All right, what do I do? And I'm like, Well, we get just fire it up. Like, let's see what happens. I want to say in hindsight, I was like, take it easy. Like, don't, don't go crazy. And he's like, yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Like, and so he, he, he gets it on, it turns it on and he hits the button and it starts to rise up and he's got like this like big smile and everyone's like, yeah, like hits the button and it goes 
flying straight out over the lake and dunks into the water. <laughs> and as it's going, as it's going forward, he just bails. He goes, take it, take the remote. Take, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, fix it, fix it. And it just went that straight. That's exactly what would happen to me. <laughs> it just, it flies out. And me, just a beeline into the water. And like, I think one of one of my friends like dove in the water to grab it and like pull it out. And, and Ollie just took the remote, put it on the table and walked away. <laughs> oh, poor Ollie. I love that. I told that to the guys, they died laughing. It, it worked for maybe 43 seconds. Oh, my yeah, God. That, maybe that's less. Gen- that's generous. That, that was probably, probably less. Uh, do you still have that footage, by the way? The the drone footage? Not of that incident, but I, it's, but, I have the fourth Well, uh, yeah, that, I don't think yeah, it was yeah, actually yeah. filming, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do have the footage from that that uh, that day. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the most, like, <laughs> the joy to panic was immediate yeah oh and yeah then, and his, his first reaction was just to hand the thing like someone else do this well you know like, he was sitting on the couch post gaming it with brian pitcher for like two hours yeah. and pitcher was indulging him because brian pitcher likes talking about things like that he's like you know what maybe if i just press the up button instead of the down button you he's know a, what i mean he's it a good dude i like brian we're gonna put some rice on it we're gonna stick it in the back the thing's gonna be good as we'll new tomorrow. You new fine. We'll get you a new yeah. engine because only one of the engines was broken. So Brian's like, we can figure it out. It'll, it's yeah. fine. It'll fly again. <laughs> um, we're coming up on an hour, guys. Do you want to take a uh, little break? We're gonna do part this part one of the podcast. Well, you can come into the air conditioning if you want, Jason, and we can give it like a five minute break unless you want to keep rocking and rolling. I know you got me out here next to your cat litter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very Speaking accommodating. Which, hi, here's my dog. <laughs> Super pro podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, we did. I didn't know you, know, you actually you wanted know to come to my house, man. Like, holy shit, this is Don't awesome. Worry. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm honored that the fact that you actually came out. Like, I've been very socially distant, and you've yeah, been socially same here. distant. This is literally the first thing I've done and, since and, and, Febu- and, February. And our show is called 2020, which is about being socially distant, at least at the moment. And I'm really honored. I mean, we're in separate rooms doing a yeah. podcast, <laughs> but I'm really honored that this was the thing that you chose to do. Yeah, when we were oh, talking about like, computer, maybe. I'm like, yeah, I got a computer that can put, you know, the, whatever we're using on it, Zoom or whatever. Uh, I'm like, how about I just come over? You got a studio, you know? It's like, yeah. I feel like just getting out. Well, you know? I, make it I, your definitely have the, I definitely have some COVID fatigue, but I'm not yeah. that jerk. I'm not that jerk who goes to the store without a mask and stuff. But, you know, it's, 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 it's being nice to actually see someone else. You know, there's like three people I see. For months right. on end. Well, Cindy makes it. really good fucking brownies, so I'll tell you that that was worth it. Yeah, I haven't it. eaten it yet. It you looks delicious. So, it's right, well, moist. Listen, do we want to give it 10 minutes and we'll just keep it yeah. running and we'll come yeah, back? Yeah, we'll take a hiatus. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. people, that wa- people that are watching won't know that, but it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just say, <laughs> we'll, we'll <laughs> thank, sign you, off. thank you, Jason. Uh, stay tuned for part two. What what Corey said. Thank you, Jason. Stay, stay tuned for part, part two. two. Coming well, soon. 2020. It's not because of me. 2020-D.com. LostSiphony.com, chapter one, chapter two.
Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. <laughs> 